Welcome to Paradox Culture Podcast. We're so glad that you are back with us for episode number five, which is perfect for this week. Cinco de Mayo was this week. Cinco de Mayo, you're right. I didn't get any tacos yesterday. I was pretty upset about that. So here we are with episode number five. And I want to start out this podcast to uh, make a little course correction. You know, last at the end of the last episode, we talked about how we were going to talk about the topic of marriage. marriage. And due to some scheduling challenges, we had to rearrange our special guest to do that at a different time. But we had a great topic today. And uh, I'm excited about what we'll be talking about. We'll be talking today about why do we as believers focus more on the present life than the eternal life that is promised to us. So we're going to be diving into that a little bit today. But of course, as always, before we get into the deep stuff, we want to have some fun. And I also want to give another shout out to Ed Klosh, who made this beautiful, awesome table last episode. Uh, many of you already know we we record every episode video wise, but the video did not work for us last week, so it was audio only, and so you might not have seen this beautiful table, but just never hurts to shout out Ed and the great craftsmanship of this table and how thankful we are for him providing that for us. It was ama- it's amazing, and I'm so grateful for it. Yeah. So, um, all right. <coughs> to start our fun questions out today, as we kind of do our, uh, you know, not so deep questions, but these can be very serious questions, cause <laughs> lots of debate. Yeah, uh, and it's always fun to get your feedback as the audience of our our uh, not so deep questions, our intro questions. I would say uh, <laughs> to hear you guys comment and talk about those um, on our social media pages and and just in person and through text messages. It's fun to get texts about what they liked about our intro question. So today's question is, is the 80s or 90s music better? That's question number one. Question number two, based on that question, what is your favorite song or maybe band from that era? So Philip, sorry, I forgot to introduce you at the beginning. That's okay. I think everybody's used to me being here now. Yeah, so... (laughs) Philip, uh, dive right into this question for us. Where do you land on 80s or 90s, and what's your favorite band? Um, yeah, so I, I, I have I have favorites from both, I guess. Um, I guess from my age, and I'm thinking back to like when I was a teenager and things like that. I like I like 90s music, um, probably more. Um, if I really, if I really had to say, I'd actually prefer '70s over the '80s. Um, so, um, definitely got some Disco, favorites. Disco, huh? Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but more, more in the rock genre there with with some of that. But um, so I, I think I'd say '90s, um, probably over the '80s. Um, you know, I, I liked a couple of other ones, but from the '90s, and it, it's. It's a it's a group that's obviously been around for a while, um, but I know we're still coming out with music, and I really still enjoyed them. But uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers um, was one of my favorites nice. growing up as a kid. Uh, I used to listen to them all the time, um, and Nirvana and Weezer. So groups like that were were some that I listened to mostly, and um, 
So I, I'd probably have to go with, with Red Hot Chili Peppers as one of my favorites during the 90s. Not a bad choice. So Not a yeah. bad choice. Yeah, it's good music. I personally would probably say I would lean toward the 90s. The 80s had good music, especially in the rock mm-hmm. band er- genre. But uh, I would definitely say I'd probably lean more to the 90s. Um, and because, uh, you know, I was really young. <laughs> Why are you laughing? And uh, anyway, so I, I like the 90s better. I would probably say my favorite band in that era. Man, that's really hard. I, I, I could probably name my favorite band in every genre, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or style of music. But if I'm just going to f- kind of pick some of my favorites, I probably would say I really enjoyed Pearl Jam of the 90s. They were always very satisfying to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> I have I have Pearl Jam on my list of favorites. But then you can't go wrong with U2, which kind of mixes late 80s, early 90s. My mom loves U2. So, you know. Like crazy. It's great. Great albums, yeah. you know, great music. But great 80s stuff, too. Like I think of Van Halen. Yeah. Can't forget about them. Guns <coughs> N' Roses. Uh, you know, Journey. Journey. Queen. Queen. I mean, good music there. Yeah. So it's it, it was a tough call. This is a tough question. We'd love to know what you, the audience, think. So please uh, let us know in comments uh, uh, below the YouTube video as well as uh, on our social media pages. We'd love to get some feedback. But kind of the reason that this question even came about because of today's topic. And uh, <laughs> so as I said, today's topic is why do we as believers focus more on the present life or hold on to the present life? more than we hold on to the future of eternity. And the obvious answer might simply be because, of course, we're living in the present life. We don't really know what eternal life looks like or the future of that looks like. But someone that helped answer this question was 38 Special. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on loosely. It's definitely a song for this topic. (laughs) Hold on loosely, but don't let go. If you cling too tightly, you're going to lose control. I thought you were going to sing it for us. N- I was going to play the <laughs> YouTube clip, but I'm going to spare us and spare the time. So anyway, <laughs> so Philip, you know, you probably don't even – have you ever heard that song before? I've heard the song. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that it's like something that I've listened to um, as a favorite, but, but I've heard it. But did you know that that song was based on scripture? I, I would not have guessed that, no. <laughs> I don't know that it is, but as you read, uh, <laughs> you know, as, as we were looking at the, some verses together, uh, and y- one of your verses for today's topic is from Luke. Yeah. So Luke seventeen thirty three says this. So yeah, it says whoever uh, seeks to preserve his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will keep it. And then John uh, twelve twenty five, some it's the same context of the verse, and it says whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for an eternal life. Mm-hmm. So those are strong words of Jesus uh, challenging the disciples. And the challenge is simply don't, I, I really believe what is the nutshell of what is being said is that while God has given us this present life, it is not the ultimate. Right. And we shouldn't just hold on to that with all our being, you know. Uh, especially as 
as followers of Christ, as he's teaching his disciples, as disciples of Jesus, there's more to come in eternal life. Right. Way, way better to mm-hmm. come. <clears throat> and so I think there's the idea here that sometimes we cling so tightly to what we have and what we know. Um, and this is throughout, you know, all your Christian life. God's always challenged us to trust him, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and that he always has good in store for us, but that we will hold on to some things that maybe are just okay, but aren't good or aren't great as God has for us, you know? Right. Yeah, I think we get caught up in, you know, I mean, it's normal human behavior to have a plan, uh, to make plans. Um, You know, like I think about just this week, you know, uh, Mother's Day is coming up. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, making plans for, hey, you know, or my wife's family, like when are they coming? Like what are we doing with them? You know, is her brother coming? Um, you know, what are we eating? What's the, what are we doing? Um, you know, when's my family coming? What are we doing? And like, we were already making plans for this weekend and, and, you know, um, everyone's got plans for the summer, especially with all the COVID-19 stuff happening. Like everyone's ready to get out of the house. They want to go to the lake. They want to go to the beach you know, they're ready to go do their vacation or they had plans Um, that got canceled. Right. And so they're, they're trying to figure out when they can go do that next thing. Um, you know, we, we had a trip with some friends planned that now is going to be moved to the fall. And so we're trying to figure out that. And so it's natural for, for people to make plans. And I, you know, when we think about our lives, we think about part of our plans are, what do I want to do? What do I want to accomplish? What are my goals? And we get hung up in the details. We get hung up in the preparation of that. And I think it's easy to neglect involving God's plan in our process. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is kind of a foundational piece as to maybe why we get hung up in what this world has to offer versus what, what God's plan for our lives is, um, especially going forward into eternity. Yeah, I mean, because we can plan, we can, again, it just goes back to the understanding <coughs> and knowledge of what we currently know, right? Yeah. I think, too, one of the things that I see in this topic is, or want to kind of bring out in this topic is, that as believers, uh, you know, Jesus promises to um, give us life and give it abundantly. Mm-hmm. And I do feel that that verse is, is talking about present day life, that he wants the present day to be abundant, you know, to be joy filled with joy, to be with, to, um, to be awesome and is, and great. But even in the, but in God's economy, joy and happiness, they don't equate the same thing. Right. Uh, they are different because it talks about in James where to have joy through the trials, right? Mm-hmm. In all things, consider it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials and um, so I think there's some things we got to kind of unpack a little bit. And that is like, OK, is one thing to say, God, be thankful and appreciative and, and give thanks to the Lord for what he's given you. Right. Versus kind of clinging to this current life like this is all I've got, you know. Right. And then we look at the lost. You know, people that don't follow Jesus or don't know God, of course they do. Right. They don't have anything else. They no, don't this know. That's all they know. That's all they know. Right. That, that they're hopeful. Some many are hopeful of what eternal life looks like, but they don't have any, like, definite. Right. There's no assurance that is 
hey, there is something else that I should be looking forward to right. over my current circumstances. And they try to extend this life as long as possible. It's been interesting to me if you kind of go look at the landscape of uh, like some sitcoms and TV shows and it's it, this would be a little fun project because I did this as we were getting ready for this and like looked at the, like how many shows are either talking about what's net of uh, the afterlife, mm-hmm. you know, and talking about the afterlife and what that would be like, or it's, it's quite interesting. The number of shows that you probably wouldn't realize it until you kind of like started counting, <laughs> man, there, there's a lot of sitcoms, a lot of Netflix shows, a lot of things that are doing, uh, you know, content on what the afterlife will be like or mm-hmm. what it's like. And, you know, so it's kind of interesting. Um, so it's always in our minds, but we try to extend our life. I also was doing some research, and um, it was quite interesting because the I- there's an idea there that, you know, we as humans are living longer than maybe early days, um, and there's some very reason there, there's some reasons for that. Can lead to modern modern medicine mm-hmm. has extended life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, which would be a natural thought process. Right. But then I read some other things that contradicted that. You know, so of course, <laughs> right? You know, there <laughs> is there a definite answer? <coughs> there's never a definite answer. Um, but you know, do do you think that by saying that we shouldn't, as believers, necessarily cling to this earthly life? I mean, that could look a little bit morbid, right? How how does how does that play like how does that play out for people? Not to like focus on this life without seeming like we're walking around with a death wish yeah so i mean we're not we're not necessarily saying hey you should be so excited about eternity that you should be ready to die right um but i I think back um to philippians where paul's writing um to them and and one one of the things he says you know is uh to live is christ and to die is gain Mm. And, you know, Paul obviously is, I mean, he's ready. I mean, he's had a long life. He's, right. he's been on these journeys. He's been church planning. He's been, you know, in ministry a long time. He's persecuted, shipwrecked. Yeah, I mean, jail, he, I mean he has lived a life yeah. uh, up to this point. And so he's, you know, he's writing that, that things are well. And he, he references there, he says, you know, I, I, I hope to, to be in eternity. This is what I'm longing for. And, you know, the, where he says to die is gain is what he's saying is like, hey, to die to me would be the best option. Right. Um, because then I get to be with my Savior. I get to be in eternity. Um, but to live as Christ, what he's saying is, you know, but as long as I'm here on this earth, it's beneficial to others. It's beneficial that that my ministry continues to go, that I continue to reach the lost, that I continue to church plant these churches and, and guide people like Timothy and, and these people that he's kind of put in these places. Right. Yeah. And so... I think that I think that there can be a way like, hey, you know what? I'm looking forward to the day that when when my time does come, you know, um, whenever that is that I'm looking forward to that day. But I still have um, something to accomplish while I'm here on this earth, not just saying, hey, you know what? I'm so looking forward to that day that I'm ready to just go now. But saying, you know, when that day comes, I'm ready for it. But as long as I am here, I have something to accomplish. And I think that we need to understand it from that perspective of you know, we've been given purpose 
um, and we've been given desires and those things and to use them the way that God has asked us to do that. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I think it, it needs to be viewed. Right. To me. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. Well said. Um, you know, we don't need to like view it, our life as the ultimate, right. but using our l- view it, our lives as they have meaning, they have purpose and they have God's plan and the ultimate plan of everybody's uh, as a believer, our ultimate plan is, of course, to glorify God in our life and, and with all the things that he's asked us and called us to do. Right. You know, it, it, the um, scriptures tell us that, you know, uh, in, in, I believe, Timothy, that we've been, we're his uh, workmanship. Mm-hmm. I mean, sorry, Ephesians, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter yeah. two, that we're uh, God's workmanship. Right. And that he has predestined us for good works. Right. That there are things that he wants us to do in this life. Right. And that those are the things that we work towards and cling to rather than the pleasures of this life. Right. Like you and I, I know we both love sports, but specifically you and I are big football fans. Huge. Big time. And, you know, we're like, hopefully there will be football (laughs) in heaven, but who knows? (laughs) I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) What was that song? that? Uh, big oh house, gosh. yeah, big house by I don't know who sang that. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue, but anyway, all the audience is singing it right now. Uh, but you know, we can go out and play football. But you know, football as much enjoyment as I love watching it, love playing it as a teenager and kid, and I don't need to cling to my sports team. You know, I've heard <laughs> of crazy stories where people are buried with all their sports memorabilia. You oh know? my god! And it's like. Wow, you know, <laughs> really? Um, the classic joke of, you know, a bad sports team was asked to, to be at the guy's funeral so he, they could let him down one last time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's the Falcons. That's you Falcons fans. That is us Falcons fans. Big time. Um, all Atlanta sports. All Atlanta sports. It's true. Braves, Bulldogs. Bring you right up to the edge and then. It's like we're right cut, there. And cut your legs out from under. I can't say much, though. My Cowboys are not much better. Yeah, there's my Spurs though have actually won championships in my lifetime. So that's true. I'll take that. But to hold on to that, to hold on to those things, whether it's maybe holding on to uh, your position in life, right? Uh, even if you're not a sports fan, maybe you're successful and holding on to that. To hold on to even if you have a great family, which would be, you know, Jesus makes statements that are controversial. That unless you hate your father and mother you can't truly follow me, you right. know, and things like that. And I think what he what he's driving at in those scriptures is to say the present life is going to be a vapor. It's going to end quickly. And don't hold on to that. Right. But prepare for eternity, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's the message. I think that's the thing that we take from that. So the paradox being that as Christians, we shouldn't live for the present life. But we do. You know, it seems like we strive for that more than we strive for eternal life. Right, right. I think, I think a lot of it has to do with you know, this kind of false understanding of what a believer is to be. And you know, I think back to, you know, when I was a kid, and you know, I, I, there's a lot of, a lot of things that happen sometimes, and without proper discipleship, it's, you know, we're promised the. We're promised the streets of gold and right. the big house and playing football and all these things, right? We hear all these these things about how great eternity is going to be, um, and we kind of get this picture in our head of what it looks like. And 
we don't always talk through the process of, you know, I feel like, hey, what is our involvement level in this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, hey, accept Jesus as your Savior. Come down, repeat after me, say this prayer, do this thing, and then when when it's all said and done, you'll be up in, in heaven with the big guy, and, and you're going to love it, and it's going to be great. And the the process of what our lives are supposed to look like from that point until we get to eternity kind of becomes this blur of right what is my life supposed to look like what am i supposed to be doing and i think that we can get lost in the weeds of okay i made the decision i'm looking forward to that day but my life in the middle doesn't look like what i thought it would look like and through discipleship we should be learning that you know what there's still going to be suffering there's still going to be struggles um there's still going to be these issues um you know i, I think it was the the john a verse that you reference, you know, he, he literally like a couple verses before that talks about how he's going to suffer. Right. How the world's going to hate him. Right. And, and he, he kind of. Yeah. And he kind of reassures them, like, look, it, they hated me. They're going to hate you. Right. And so expect, anticipate suffering. And, and I think sometimes we get caught up in, hey, I made a good decision. I was promised all these blessings. I was promised eternity. And now I'm here and my life is still filled with anxiety and worry and struggles and suffering and and no answers. And we get wrapped up and, and it becomes this this po- this tipping point of, well, if nothing's changed so far, then I'll just do it myself. And I think that's where we begin to make that shift into, you know, and of course, at a, as a six year old, you're probably not making that decision. But, right. you know, s- junior senior in high school moving into college you're starting to make those decisions of okay life's not shaking out the way that my pastor said it would because i was looking at streets of gold before all this and now and then it becomes well i've got to make plans to make sure life works out for me and eternity's still there right but but with the lack of discipleship sometimes we miss out on well there's still a standard in which we're supposed to be living as a believer i think too along those lines is that we have that picture of eternity and we miss the fact that eternity in heaven is going to be great and amazing because God is there. Right. <laughs> not because of what it's not the streets to walk into. <laughs> it's right. because of God being there. The p- very presence of God is going to be so overwhelming. We can't even fathom it right now. And I think, as you pointed out, when we get saved, sometimes there's this mentality that, okay, I've got this fire insurance, so to speak, and now I just got to stay out of trouble. Right. You know, like. It's kind of like you're on probation. Just don't do anything bad until you get to heaven. Instead of the mentality of not staying out of trouble, but right. living that life right. for God's glory and God's eternity, not our own. And there's obviously the natural gravity that we face of that draw of a sinful nature that was put to death in us when we became followers of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But there's still a natural gravitational pull toward sin and the flesh. Right, right. And so to overcome that, but to do it in a way that we're not gratifying the flesh in the present life because we want to glorify God in the present life and in the eternal life. Right, and I think ep- episode four and three three and four, we kind of talked about that struggle between, right. being, well, am I a good, I'm a good person, but, you know, there there is a, a shift there where salvation comes in. You kind of have to get off of the good versus bad mentality. That's right. So, so to kind of wrap, put a bow kind of on this thing, um, let's talk real quickly about 
I always like to bring things to a practical way at the end of our, our podcast. I don't like to just theorize and talk and then never have a conclusion that leads to action. So right. is let's give some practical ways that people can live for eternity and not the present life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I mean, I'm kind of a kind of simple when it comes to this. I, I think scripture is very clear on the way that we're supposed to live our lives. Um, and of, of course, that that's kind of speaking very simply. Um, but, you know, one of the things that that, you know, especially with me dealing with college kids and things like that, and they're they're kind of starting to get in rela- like serious relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I always tell our, our college group and ask them is, you know, hey, what are you what are you doing that realistically is working towards building the kingdom of God? Mm-hmm. And not not building your net worth, you know, while while that's important, while you need to, you know, build build your career and and make you know have a job that makes money that you can support your family and all those things, you know, what are you doing that um, is building the kingdom of God? And so, you know, obviously, end of Matthew is very clear on the instruction that we are supposed to go out into the world, right, right, and make yeah. disciples of people, and I think that. Uh, especially for for like kind of those of us that are in the church right now working. I mean, we've seen kind of discipleship been brushed under the rug a little bit. It's kind of been approached in a way that's really broad, very broad. And it's just like everything falls in the category of discipleship. And it's like there's no clear lines as to what is it we're supposed to really be doing. Right. And so I I think that, you know, really taking the time to invest in people and and teach them and really help them understand the scriptures is, is a good way to do that. Um, and, and that obviously is pointing towards, Hey, you know what? I, I'm, I've been studying the scriptures. I've been, I've been trying to understand them and, um, I'm going to take some under my wing and I'm going to help them understand so that they can be effective long after I'm gone and they can do the same for somebody else. I mean, look at Paul and Timothy is a perfect right. example. We've talked mm-hmm. about Paul today and, you know, he took someone under his wing and taught him so that Timothy could do the same thing. And I, I think that for anyone that is a believer, that that is that is a job that we've been given there's a commandment that we've been kind of trusted with is hey take someone on your wing instruct them mm-hmm. to what the word says and help guide them and live a life that is honoring and glorifying to god and um so i i would say that true discipleship would be a an easy way that is outlined in scriptures of what that looks like and that we can kind of move forward doing that. So I would say that's probably one thing for me. Yeah, I love that. You know, of course, being a discipleship pastor, (laughs) that's something that I would definitely say is a great um, way to focus on the eternal rather than the present. And I think that in making disciples, like we say it like this here at our church, we want to... um, we want people to become disciples who make disciples, right? right? That's a phrase that we use very frequent, frequently here at First Snellville, and um, that's what we want to see. Right. Uh, and we want people to take that responsibility of being a disciple maker mm-hmm. and not just saying, oh, well, that's up to Philip and Trent to do because that's, you know, that's kind of their job. Um, really, our job is to equip them to do that. Right, of course. And, and we want to do that. And I think on a practical way for 
everyday life, like living for God. And it's, this is going to sound practical and also oversimplified, but it really is the truth. And that goes back to the greatest commandment. We see it in Matthew 22, verse 37, you know, and it says, uh, and he's he's answering Jesus is answering the Pharisees what is the greatest commandment you know mm-hmm. and he says to them that you should love your Lord your God with all your heart so much he's quoting the Shema right, right from the Old Testament and you should love your Lord with all your Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind and the second or in the great in the I'm gonna get this right in a minute <laughs> stumbling you got all that. over the place. <laughs> Um, and this is the great and first commandment. And the second's like it, that you love your neighbor as yourself. And so as we look at the two greatest commandments here, that Jesus answers the Pharisees who are trying to kind of trip him up on the very question that we're talking about. Of maybe. course, yeah. And that is, what is it supposed to be like? What are we supposed to do with our life? And mm-hmm. this is Jesus's answer to first love God with all our heart, soul and mind. And so from a practical standpoint, what does that really look like? I think it's just being, a, as you mentioned, as you just said, <coughs> consistently being a disciple of Jesus. Right. And that means through prayer, spending time with him and connecting with him through the reading of his word. Mm-hmm. And then by by doing those things, we are prepared then. God, we are a, a very useful vessel for God to use in the world to glorify him. Right. Outside of that, we're just a bunch of empty, useless knowledge the world has put in us. Right. If we're not doing that simple thing, simple but very difficult thing and very disciplined thing to spend time with the Lord daily and reading and studying of his word and um, committing ourselves to loving God through loving, spending time with him. Right. You know, and then, like you says, as as the second command comes up after that and that is to love your neighbor as yourself well if god's word's not flowing through me and god's word is not in my heart and i'm not being led by the holy spirit (coughs) because i'm filled with the words of god with the compassion of god then i really truly can't love my neighbor right becomes complicated yeah it becomes marred in (coughs) fleshly active activities and fleshly desires and Mm -hmm. you know sometimes you feel like being nice and sometimes you don't (laughs) yeah i mean that's natural we all feel that way and um so from a practical standpoint i just say that it really begins with spending time with jesus Mm -hmm. spending time being filled with the holy spirit um by the reading of the word and and connecting with god in prayer Mm -hmm. and uh then out of the overflow of the heart comes you know yeah, and and I and I love and I love that verse because of the, the response. You know, of course they're trying to trick him. They're trying to kind of trip him up a little bit, but his answer is kind of the same answer that we hear. Like, look look at the scriptures, right? Right. Look back at what you know, and it's there. And and then on top of that, let me challenge you with something more than. Yeah. You know, you you know this answer. You're trying to trick me. Here here's the answer to your question, but then let's take it a step further. And you know, I think for us that we need to be mindful of. You know, scripture is, you know, we talked about this last week, scripture is this manual, this guideline for which we are to live our lives. And so when we have questions like, well, what does that look like in my life? Well, if we look back at scripture, we can find what it really looks like. And then to kind of, you know, figure out personally how it fits into my life. Yeah. You know, 
And what he was telling them was, you know, hey, you guys have been so wrapped up in your religion that you've not loved God. That's right. You know, he's so he's, he's like, you're trying to trick me, but also at the same time, I'm going to give you the answer, but I'm going to kind of call you out a little bit on what mm-hmm. you've been doing. Yeah. And so you guys have missed the point. Is, is, and so I think a lot of times we try to get so beyond but what really is it trying like, scripture can is simple some at, yeah. at times and it really like you're not trying to trick us yeah i think we over really over complicate over complicate the christian walk in christian life mm-hmm. and when we do that or you know here's a you know you, you talk to people who have fallen away from the faith and <laughs> talking to those those folks a lot of times it's like yeah i used to go to church a lot but all those hypocrites and right yeah you know this and that and yeah, you're right. Church is full of us, full of hypocrites. We're all Absolutely. hypocrites, you know. And um, but I feel like you know it's like the natural tendency to blame the circumstance or blame others why we cannot follow God, or mm-hmm. when really it's just a lack of overcomplicating s- the situation. Right. If we got back to the basics of this verse, then the hypocrites don't bother us that much. Yeah, of course. Because the love of Jesus is flowing through us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it helps us not be hypocritical when we're loving God right. and loving our neighbor. Yeah. You know? So those are things I think we all, we we have this bend toward, especially those that are in the church. You're watching this or, or part of this podcast. Usually you're probably connected to the church. Right. Or, or have been in some way in your life. And... um but that, I think that's the challenge for us, that our followers of Jesus is like, let's not make this more difficult. Right. Follow Jesus' simple commands. Yeah. And see how do just doing that will impact eternity by being faithful in those the little things. Right. You 100%. know, we, no, no yeah. one is expecting anyone to really go out and be Billy Graham. <laughs> you know, God made Billy Graham for the season that he lived on this earth. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to watch him, and it was fun as gr- as I grew up. You know, I got to watch his life. You know, that was awesome. <laughs> but God's not calling me to be Billy Graham, right? Yeah, of course. He's calling me to be somebody else, right? And uh, let's not overcomplicate it. So the practical, okay, Philip. You know, we kind of said, okay, let's make it simple. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and then love your neighbor as yourself. But someone might ask us after listening to this, okay, you said you're going to get practical, but you just gave me scripture. Like, really, what does that look like? And, you know, simple, if I were just to boil it down simply, again, I stated this, but I want to be clear, and that is wake up every day, spend time mm-hmm. in prayer, in a dialogue prayer, not just you talking, yeah. listening, yeah. just as much as you're talking, <coughs> and meditating on the scripture, not just reading, but thinking and letting the word of God change your heart, change your mind. So I think there's some difference. There's some real practical of what to do. And some might say, okay, where do I start? Right. You know, the Bible's, you know, 66 books. Where do I, where do I start in that? Where would we get a place to begin? I think simply Paul's epistles I mean, Paul's writings to the church are constantly telling the church how to follow God. Right. You know, so those epistles are constantly pushing people to know 
and be disciples of Jesus. Yeah, it's the le- it's the letters written to believers of course correction. So that's where <laughs> I would start. Right. And that could be as simple as first and second Timothy. Right. You know. Uh, and then go from there or you know Ephesians, Ephesians, Philippians, Galatians, Galatians. Ephesians, Colossians, all those, yeah. you know, all will help you walk. Yeah. With eternity in mind versus hanging on clinging to the present life. Right. I, and I think that, you know, a lot of times we kind of, and this is the mentality we have to get out of, right? And I, I used to use this when I was a student pastor is we like to use God as this, I like to think of it as like a vending machine, right? We take our leftovers, leftover change, we make our requests, and we get what we want, we're satisfied, we walk away, and we don't think about it again. Like, I have no appreciation for the vending machine. Right. I, I got my snack, I'm cool, I'm out of here. Yeah. Or I get my leftover change, I put my time in, put my money in, I don't get what I want. I'm dissatisfied. I'm banging on the machine. I'm upset. I'm complaining mm-hmm. about it, right? And and we walk away and we're like, man, forget that vending machine. That thing's broken, right? Now it's the vending machine's fault. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that practically speaking, we need to be mindful of, you know, when we talk about prayer, of the requests that we're making, you know, um, making sure that we're being thankful to the things that God has given us. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned, what you know, what it looks like to get up, to spend time in the Word, to spend time in, to spend time in a dialogue prayer. Um, you know, one of the things that I have to remind myself, um, and, and this is as a pastor, is like my life is not just about me. Yeah. I mean, like I've got to take time out of my day to make sure that I'm reaching out to people in our ministry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yes, that is, m- that is my occupation. That is what I get paid to do. But that is our job as believers, not as pastoral staff. Right. Our job as believers is to invest in people, mm-hmm. is to disciple people. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I think that the everyday believer should be spending time in the Word, should be spending time in Scripture. You know, and I think that that's like the foundational pieces. I think that there's, you know, Jesus always had the one step more. We just talked about one of them a second ago. There's always another step. There's another way you can be involved in someone's life. There's another way that you can invest in someone. There's another way that, you know, you can be practical in the way that you're doing things. You know, and sometimes, you know what, it's staying up late having that conversation. Sometimes it's talking to that person that sometimes you're like, oh, my goodness, like this person is just always has something wrong. But, you know, that's where the love of God should come into our lives and be, hey, here's some practical ways that, that you can realistically do that. Well, if you think about <coughs> it, and this kind of summing up this conversation is that the, what is the one thing that is eternal in this present life? And the one thing that is eternal in this present life, besides the Word of God, the Word of God stands forever, is people. Right. Um, souls, souls are eternal. And so if we're not investing in those people, mm-hmm. then we're not investing in eternity. Right. So been a good conversation yeah big time. i enjoyed this uh i always enjoy our topics but um this was uh one of those that kind of came out of left field as we were thinking about okay what are we going to talk about and this is something right. that i'm seeing even our current culture you know there's a lot of fear still going on with covid19 and all those things and just sometimes the fear of the present takes our mind off eternity but i really felt like it had more uh, meat to it than just talking about the fear of right. today's and present world. So, again, what a great topic. Why do we as believers care more about the present life than investing in the eternal life? And hopefully today, the Paradox Podcast culture, our, 
I really messed that up. Paradox <laughs> Culture Podcast uh, answered some of those questions for you. So thanks for being here with us today. Hope you enjoyed it. Please continue to uh, encourage us, engage in our social media. Philip, tell them how and where to find so our uh, interact with us on social media. Yeah, so we always want to make sure that you guys um, know that you can find us on Instagram at Paradox Culture Podcast. Um, from there, you can kind of access our iTunes, our Spotify, so you can li listen to us on those two platforms. Um, li find us on YouTube. We got a YouTube channel, and then uh, also our Facebook page. So you can kind of engage with some of the things that that we've been posting over there. Um, so you can find that at Paradox Culture Podcast as well on Facebook. So we have a page there. So those are all the ways you can connect with us. Um, we hope that you guys have enjoyed interacting and talking with us. We know that you've been texting us, those of you that have our numbers and things like that. So yeah. um, we've enjoyed it for sure. And please, uh, if this podcast is speaking to you and challenging you, that's our whole goal. Please share it with someone. Please help uh, get that word out to other people that maybe this will impact their life and their eternity as they're listening to some of these questions and how to live a, a better life that honors and glorifies God. So that's our hope and goal and dream. So thank you for being a part of Paradox Culture Podcasts, where life doesn't always the same, where our words don't always say the same thing as our life.